Welcome to Mystical Heart Oracle, your guide to plant medicine, holistic healing, and all things spiritual exploration. I'm Sinclair Fleetwood, your spiritual coach, ceremonialist, and psychedelic integration queen. Join me on a journey to connect with your soul mission, be authentic AF, and learn how to do practical magic so you can create a thriving, fulfilling life that feels really good. Your heart is wise and you belong here. Hey, spirit family, it's me, Sinclair. Welcome to Mystical Heart Oracle, where we are here to discover all the magic that you have inside yourself to make your life better, to make everything feel good, and to get you plugged back into spirit and source so you can jazz up your energy and feel great. I'm so excited about this episode. So I don't know about you, but I have always loved to dance ever since I was a little girl. When I was little, I was in ballet class. I took tap. I took jazz. I had all the shoes. I had the tutus. I had all the sequins and the sparkles. I was the precocious little six-year-old with a big smile telling the other dancers, the little kids in my class that were doing the steps wrong, (laughs) to get in line and not mess up our recital. Dance has always been such a big part of my life. And, you know, I took dance for 10 years and then I started growing uh, boobs and things and getting puberty and I didn't have a ballerina's body. So I ended up starting to play sports and I got my movement that way. Uh, but I never stopped dancing. I always loved to dance and make up dances. When I was in middle school, I would dance with my, my friends. We would have slumber parties and make up all this choreography. And, you know, it was the age of MTV and music videos and like Janet Jackson and, you know, Paula Abdul and watching these amazing dancers on MTV. It wasn't something I ever thought about, you know, it was just this thing that I loved to do that brought me joy as a child. And then, you know, as you get older and you start going to dances in school, there starts to become this embarrassment about dancing, about, you know, the self-consciousness that gets injected to us into us when we're in middle school and we start thinking like, Ew, is my body weird? Is how I do that weird? Am I weird? It's just the self-consciousness in general, right? That we that we take on. And I want to today hopefully inspire and help you reconnect to the magic of movement. And we're going to be talking a lot about dance, about the therapeutic, emotional, psychological transformation that can be experienced through movement. And but not just dance, uh, walking, you know, lifting weights, strength training, sports, swimming, being in water. We're physical beings. We're meant to be embodied and we're meant to be in motion. We're meant to be, uh, well, our bodies are built to, to move, to do. You know, we spend a lot of our, our history as humans procuring food and running and chasing animals and like planting things and doing manual labor and now all of that has kind of disappeared, right? It's it's like a lot of us are sitting at desks all day. I'm sitting at a desk right now recording this episode. If you think about movement, movement is energy in motion. And it's no wonder that it's such an integral part of uh, healing and really healing, but also just the experience of life. Movement is what makes us human. It's the thing that separates us from the plants. The plants are being still. They're rooted in. They're patient. They're waiting. The rocks are being still. But we move and water moves. And we are made of water. We're made of 70% water. And 
if you think about the elements in of the earth that move water fire wind um the earth moves too we don't see it as much but she does she moves she makes new land with with volcanoes like the earth is a kinetic being she's a magnetic moving force that is propelling life outward and expanding us and a lot of the diseases and suffering that we have are diseases of stuckness of stagnation of things staying the same or um, decaying in a way and uh, not getting the fresh air the fresh the freshness the the energetic motion that comes from from movement and so often the people that I'm working with in my client relationships are stuck in some way. I mean, that's why we search for help is like, help, I'm trapped in this hole, someone help. I'm going to take these medicines, maybe they can help. And medicines move big energy, you know, we're, we're having big connected experiences to source. And some of it is hard because our environment is not set up to create conducive, easy ways to move. Our cities are designed to be car cities they're not walkable a lot of them uh there's not often places to walk like sidewalks are a thing that we just don't make anymore and <laughs> i've lived in so many places where there's just no sidewalks and it's like what people walk where's my sidewalk you know we get in the car we go to a place we sit we get up we get back in the car we come back home we sit and uh, all this sitting all of this sitting and and thinking is what's getting us into trouble, family. We don't, we don't need to be sitting figuring things out in the brain. The mind is not where the magic is happening. The magic is happening in the body. And uh, well, as a child, I grew up really being in my body. And then my body started to change. And I started getting self-conscious about it. And like a lot of people around that age, puberty makes us self-conscious. I thought, there's something wrong with my body. It's not small enough. I'm getting chubby. I started feeling all these feelings about myself and then the movement sort of became well is this going to make me thin I remember waking up at 6 a.m every morning when my senior year in high school to go work out at the gym before school because I thought I needed to lose weight and that's been going on most of my life so much of the movement practice that I did keep up with was punishing uh as a punishment because, well, you're too fat, you're too big, you need to be smaller, you need to be different somehow. And instead of enjoying movement, it became this difficult experience of discipline and punishment. So what is the, the physiological reason that we want to move the body? Well, it's our natural state to be in movement and to be in motion. Our body needs to move. It it's designed to move. It, it needs to burn calories. It needs to have cardiovascular health. Uh, and that comes from moving, um, from exercising. And our circulation is improved. Flexibility is improved. Strength is improved from use. If you, <laughs> the saying, use it or lose it, is really true about the body. If, if you start to think, well, you know, I'm just getting old and this is what happens when you get older. It's not necessarily the age that's the issue. It's the lack of use. It's the lack of attention. If you're not 
putting attention to mobility and flexibility and stretching and moving your body and lifting heavy weights, it's really hard to maintain muscle tone and to maintain strength and flexibility. One of the most common things that doctors will recommend for people with, with back pain and chronic pain is yoga. Because yoga is a, is a accessible, low impact way to move your body. It incorporates a connection with the breath. And really yoga is, yoga means union. It means union with spirit. Union, it's like mind, body, spirit, union. It's the movement with the asana, with the breath uh, together. It was designed to help people meditate. <laughs> like the practice of yoga was designed to create wellness and fitness so that people could sit in meditation for a long period of time. It's a really great place to start if you are new to moving and you haven't been doing anything for a while and you want to jumpstart into something gentle. I love starting with gentle yoga. You can do restorative yoga. You can do gentle yoga. You can do hatha. Hatha is really a simple, easy practice most of the time. Vinyasa is going to be a little more strenuous, uh, especially like a, a vinyasa flow is going to be more vigorous. Uh, raise your heart rate a little more. I used to love vinyasa. That was my favorite, but I really love a slow flow class. So it's like elements of vinyasa. The vinyasa is the transition pose between the different poses. And uh, I loved it because it got my heart rate up. And I, the main reason I loved it was the community at my studio. I used to go to a studio in Austin that's no longer there. It was called Eastside Yoga. And, uh, Shout out to Mary and Brooke and Stephen from, <laughs> from those days and Elsa. Uh, it was a, an amazing community and we used to have Sunday morning yoga and, and that class would be packed and it would be like mat to mat and we would get so sweaty and um, it was so amazing. And I remember spending so many classes when I first started, I was really overweight and I was really heavy and I wasn't very strong. And I was like huffing and puffing and struggling through this class. And I just kept going back and I kept doing it because it felt so good to be doing that with other people. And just, I started meeting people and, you know, I would see the same people every week and it was like, it was great. It was cool. You know, we made friends and, uh, over time I started getting really good at it. And it actually going to that studio led me, it was a big part of my, uh, spiritual transition. It was one of the, one of the early things that I started doing in my spiritual practice was going to a yoga studio and I would go to candlelight yoga. I, would, I tried all of them. Uh, I really liked different Hatha classes. And it's important to give yourself a chance to try them all. Uh, I would try, <laughs> I would go to yin and then I was like, never again. Because <laughs> like yin was like too, it wasn't quite enough movement for me. It was too much like, okay, we're going to hold this for two minutes. And you think of a pose like child's pose is like, oh, this is easy. And then you do it for two minutes and you're like, I'm dying. Um, but yoga is one of the first things that doctors recommend for pain, for fibromyalgia, for arthritis, for back pain. They will almost always say like, do something like yoga, 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 walking, yoga and walking, yoga and walking. And uh, I would add Pilates into that mix too. Pilates is a uh, it looks easy because it's like mostly on the ground. But man, if you want to you wanna get your core all juiced up, Pilates is amazing for that. So movement isn't just about the body. It's about the mind relating to the body. 
mind body. I like to think about myself as a mind body creature. I'm a, well, I'm a mind body spirit creature. I'm actually a four part creature. <laughs> I'm a mind, I'm a body, I'm a spirit, and I'm a feelings. That's the water. And all in an ideal functioning way of being, all four of those parts of me are working together. And this works for you too. If, if you like this, you can try it on. So yoga is so good for the body and movement is so good for the body. And one of the reasons that yoga is such a great place to start is because of the concept of neuroplasticity. Neuroplasticity is the ability of the brain to change and adapt and grow. It's the ability of the brain to make new neural connections and thereby change. So when your thought processes change, your physiology changes. And movement, like walking and yoga, promote brain health and cognitive function and circulation and all of these fluids and systems in the water of the body moving around and getting fresh blood to the brain and helping the brain, supporting the brain, getting oxygen and the more oxygen that's in your body, the less oxidative stress you're going to have and the more ability you're going to have to create new neural pathways more easily. Does that make sense? Yes. Y'all know that science is not my first language, but I try. <laughs> um, but I'm, I'm bringing this up because there is a science behind it. There is, this is not just a hippy dippy like, oh, you should do yoga. It's like, no, actually moving our body is good for us. And we all know this. That's why if you think about like, how do you feel when you don't move? If you sit, if you wake up in the morning and you work from home and you sit in your desk all day and then you go and you sit on the couch and you watch TV, that's a pretty unfulfilling existence because our bodies don't feel good when we live like that. Our bodies feel good when we're moving, when we're letting the life force, the prana, as they say in Sanskrit, the prana is, is the life energy. It's your life force and it's moving through you. And when you do yoga, you can feel it. You can feel this life force. And so yoga is just one, just one thing, but I really like to mention it as a, a really beautiful starting place because you can do it for free. You don't have to pay to go to a studio if you can't afford it or it's not a good time or you don't like, you know, there's not a studio that you like. If you are going to go to a studio, try out a bunch of different ones. Try out a bunch of different teachers like you need to find something and someone that plays music that you like. They have a teaching style and a cadence that you like. They have, uh, you know, if they do adjustments, you feel comfortable having them touch you. You know, you like their vibe. Like, do you like this person's vibe? If the answer is no, don't go to their class. Seriously, it's that simple. You know whether or not someone's a good fit. We've, we kind of forget how to like tell if someone is cool if you have a weird iffy feeling about someone, that's your radar system going like, no, I don't like this person's energy. And you don't need to feel guilty about it. It's totally fine. That's the point of having these, these systems. That doesn't mean there's anything wrong with that teacher or that person. It's just that you're not into it. And respect that. Like, listen to your radar and go find something that you like. Because when you like it, it should feel juicy. It should feel delicious. It should feel like, oh, I can't wait to go to this, you know? So I was talking a little bit about dance earlier. I reconnected with dance in my college years as a, when I started going to raves and you've heard me talk about raves and Burning Man and 
a big part of that community. The festival, the transformational festival community is dance. It's, it's unbridled, euphoric, hedonistic dance, you know, dance, uh, dancing all night, dancing till the sun comes up, dancing with the sunrise, dancing under the moon, uh, dancing in costumes, dancing, you know, on substances and, uh, really having a, uh, ecstatic feeling in your body through dance and through dancing in community and uh the dancing in community piece of the rave of rave culture and festival culture has always been one of my most favorite things um I discovered this as a young a young raver in college in Austin I used to go to raves in the early 2000s and well some in the late 90s but you know, we went and, and there was, there wasn't an overtly spiritual component about it back then. It was, it was much more like the thing that I remember most was this evoking of childhood. Like all of the things from childhood would appear. People would be wearing Candyland shirts and, you know, there was this like, there was a culture of youth and freedom and, and, it had a tinge for me of sadness to it because it was all these, you know, young adults who just wanted to be kids again, who missed the childhood. And this is like Generation X, you know, this is like uh, the kids who were latchkey kids who, you know, we kind of like grew ourselves up in, in a lot of ways. There was a lot of of pop culture and and feeling really connected to things like Rainbow Bright and, you know, loving these iconic cultural characters from childhood and, and reaching back for that and wanting it to, to comfort us in the present. And, you know, I was only in my early 20s, uh, but I saw all these kids taking drugs uh, out in public and our parents, no parents around, you know, in huge groups. Like these festivals were huge. I went to a rave with 20,000 people one time in Houston. It was amazing and freeing and there was always a little like I always had a little twinge of like this feels like something there it felt like there was something missing and I and then I started to feel a little bit like I was doing something wrong in some way and I will say that is one of the earliest callings that spirit was putting in my heart of like yes this but not like this this but not like this this but deeper this but intentional this but ceremonial this but not like this like you're just scratching the surface you know and I also you know I would see things there I, I would see like really young people who had taken a lot of drugs and uh it always upset me even back then uh, I was never immune to that because my heart my heart was already on the path even though I didn't know it at the time and I've had conversations with different people about this on this podcast. Uh, my episode with Beth Weinstein, we talked a little bit about Burning Man and the spiritual, the spiritual nature of raves and the rave community. There was a, a saying in the rave community. It was like plur, P-L-U-R, peace, love, unity, respect. Those were the kind of the ethos of the ravers, right? And it's not a surprise that so many ravers from the 90s are doing shamanic work now <laughs> because I think we did have something special back then and it was more than drugs it was more than taking ecstasy and dancing all night 
it was the feeling that you got from being so open and welcomed and belonging when maybe a lot of us were coming from a place where we felt abandoned. We didn't belong. We didn't feel like we had anyone. We made new families. And that was our first experience of that. And, and I can't tell you how much of that has really influenced and shaped the work that I do now. It was born in, in rave culture. What I do now was born in Burning Man. It was born in the festival fire. You know, uh, there's so much of it that, that came through that for me. And that's not a traditional, you know, that's not a traditional path of the initiated, like, um, but that doesn't make it any less powerful and it doesn't make it any, uh, less real or important or beautiful. There's an emotional release and a cathartic expression of emotion that occurs in dance. And I have recently reconnected to this in the ecstatic dance community here in Asheville, where I live. This place is magic. It's There's so much magic here. Uh, it's ridiculous. We have so many different ecstatic dance communities. There's like there's ones that happen every season. There's some that happen every week, multiple times a week. There's a few different groups. My favorite is called Asheville Movement Collective. They have a dance every Friday. They have two waves on Sunday. It's like church. We have beat church here on Tuesday nights. We have everything. When I first moved here, I moved in the middle of winter from Texas and I was in a new city and I didn't know anyone and those weeks of me being on my own were really hard at first I was starting over I found ecstatic dance because I was in grief last year at the beginning of the year a couple months after we moved here my partner and I separated and it was devastating I was completely shocked and like it blindsided me. I shouldn't have been blindsided, but I was. <laughs> I was I was being a little bit over-idealistic, I think, but uh, it hit me hard, and I didn't have many friends. I didn't have any friends, and I didn't know what to do with myself, and I had come from a long period of, like, I had spent six weeks in Ecuador, and I had been doing tons of medicine, and then we moved across the country, and I just had been completely out of my normal habits and practices and exercises, and my body wasn't feeling good. And one of the first things I did was go to a dance class. I went to a dance class. I think it was called Soul Power or something. And it was like choreographed, you know, it was like a group. And I could tell people come every week. They know the moves and stuff. And I was I was terrible. I didn't know the moves. I was embarrassed. I was awkward. I cried. I just cried. And my body was stiff. You know, I, I didn't know how to move myself around. It had been so long. I had, been, I had been so disconnected from dance for such a long time and movement. I started going to this dance and I danced with my grief. Starting to go to dance started to help things move. And it was, I'll be honest, family, it was not fun at first. I showed up in these dances every week. Slog. It was a slog. I was dragging ass. I didn't like it. I stopped going to the chore choreographed ones because I was like, this this isn't this isn't what I want. I don't know what I want, but it's, this is not what I want. So I tried another one and I went to ecstatic dance 
the small ecstatic dance probably five or six times. And I was like, okay, I have been coming to this. I spend a lot of time crying. I'm, my body feels like crap. Like I'm upset. I don't get it. Like, why is everyone so happy? Why is everybody, everything is great for everyone else, but it sucks for me. (laughs) If something doesn't move and shift in this dance, I'm not coming back because it's not working, obviously. And I was having all this stomach problem. Like my stomach was upset and it hurt and I was bloated and I was cranky and I was embarrassed and I was self-conscious. And it occurred to me, what do you do when you're in pain? And I have a whole process with pain because I have cured my own chronic pain. So I, I go into the pain, I sit with it, I caress it, I love it, I invite it in. I'm like, you're resisting being here. You're resisting this pain. You don't want this here. That's why it's not moving. It's just stuck in the body. So I invited it to dance with me. And I danced with my pain. I danced with my belly. I danced with the parts of myself that that felt so, so much grief and so much loss and so much loss of identity and so much abandonment. And I danced with the parts of myself that felt not good enough and rejected and discarded and disrespected. And I danced with the part of myself that felt left behind. And I danced with the part of myself that felt alone uh, and old and ugly and all of the parts that, that I was, that I was experiencing that I didn't want to experience, but were there nonetheless. And in that dance, something changed and something clicked and I felt better. And I was like, at the end of the dance, I was like, oh my God, this is, this is it. This is what this is for. It's here to move things. It's not, okay, it's just a surface dance. You know, I thought, oh, everyone's just dancing, but that's not what's going on at all. This is a, it's a ceremony. It's in a, it's a, it's a revival. <laughs> I like to think about it like Sunday morning church. So I go on Sunday mornings now because, uh, I realized I really like this nighttime one that we have here on Tuesdays, but it's so bassy and so like being at the club that I can't sleep afterwards. And that's not something I'm willing to give up. So I go on Sunday morning and it is fantastic. It is so energetic, so loving. It's a community. There's over a hundred people that come to this every week. And I have some girlfriends that we meet up every week and we go and we dance. And sometimes we don't even speak to each other, really. We just, we sit together in opening circle. Uh, and then we sit together in closing circle and we hug it out. And uh, it's our time, you know, to, to be with each other and to be with the community. And you don't have to dance with other people if you don't want to. I, I, am, I'm, I, don't, I don't currently dance with other people because I'm still working on being in my own body and being with my own feelings and... Uh, I can see that that day is coming sooner uh, to dance with people, but I don't feel like called to do it in this moment. And as I have spent more and more time in these dance spaces, I have started to have, well, what is nothing less than a psychedelic vision. Uh, During my dances, I will start to receive visions like uh, processes that are happening. I started taking my journal with me because I was getting so much coming up in these dances that I had to I had to start journaling afterwards because I was getting these huge revelations. It felt like a medicine experience and I really needed to like put attention to documenting it so I could remember and get the get the message. And dance has been so healing. Uh, and dance 
as it's as a weekly practice, as a community gathering practice, as a expression of of emotion, as a tenderness to myself. And I don't dance the whole time. Sometimes I show up, I cry almost every week. I, it just, this is my process. It brings tears. It, it's a release. And I feel so free when I dance. I feel so connected, even though I don't know a lot of the people that well yet. You know, the community, I see the faces. I know the people that come and the same people come every week. And I'm getting to know more people. It really has helped me be in my body my body feels better than it has felt in years from doing this. And it's helped my grief move out of, of my heart. And uh, it's helped me feel my feelings. It's helped me have an outlet for pain and sadness and longing that has had nowhere else to go. Because uh, I don't know about you, but I don't want to get that stuck, stuck in my body. Uh, and I haven't been in a hurry to feel the grief, you know, grief lasts how long it lasts. Um, but I know that the dance is speeding things up. Uh, it's helping things move quickly, more quickly. It helps my thinking process. It helps my creativity. It helps, it helps me feel part of something. Uh, it helps. I see other people having processes in the dance. You know, sometimes people are crying, they're shaking, they're like thrashing around on the floor. Sometimes they're having an ecstatic joy experience. You know, there's couples there that are like madly in love with each other. There's so many beautiful things to witness. And, uh, and it just is a, a community of trust and of safety and of um, inclusivity and belonging and diversity, you know. And all different kinds of people are are there and everyone is welcome. The other big favorite movement practice that I love besides yoga, besides dance, is walking. <laughs> is walking. Walking, 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 walking. What are you doing? Walking. You should walk. How much should you walk? At least 30 minutes a day. Why? Well, I started last fall going outside every morning and walking for 20 minutes. First thing, wake up, get on my clothes, drink water, go walk. And then I would come home and eat breakfast and everything was amazing. Um, and I did this and I started doing this and I started getting sleepy earlier because I was getting uh, sunlight in my eyes early. And I started having this relationship with nature and uh, saw some bears in very surprising places near my house. And it was just a really great way to start off the day. Sometimes I would do a, I would have a, a meeting with the spirit of my business on my walk, or I would do my, my meditation on my walk, or I would listen to Abraham Hicks on my walk. I love walking and listening to Abraham Hicks. It's like one of my favorite activities. I pretty much do this at least once a day. I made it part of my life. And then I started walking before breakfast and after dinner or right after breakfast and after dinner. And I love taking a walk as a social activity. I love my friend and I, my best friend and I meet every week and we go for a, you know, three or four mile walk somewhere, usually in nature. We are always trying to find ways to walk and walking is free. It's low impact. It's good for your heart. It's good for your lungs. It's good for your brain. It's good to go outside and get some sunlight on you and get some nature sounds in your ears. Pretty much 
you can almost walk anywhere unless you live on like a highway or busy street or something that doesn't have sidewalks. It's pretty easy to walk just from your house, you know. I have found that walking helps manage depression, anxiety, literally anything that you're dealing with. Walking is an amazing medicine. And the thing is, family, these are not difficult things to do. You don't even have to go to ecstatic dance. You can dance in your living room. You can put on your favorite playlist and dance for five minutes. Start there. Start small. Spring is coming. The buds are starting to peek out. And it's a really good time to start moving, to shake off the stillness of winter and get into a good movement practice. And walking, dancing, yoga, these are really easy, simple, gentle low impact ways that you can start moving more. If you are feeling depressed, do some gentle walking. If you are feeling anxious, do some dancing. Dancing is good for anxiety because it helps shake your awareness out of your mind into your body. And one of my absolute other favorite things that I never thought I would love so much that I love and love and love and love is lifting heavy weights. I'm 46. Uh, so lifting weights is a non-negotiable for me. Uh, women start to lose our bone density and our muscle mass start to decrease around this time. Uh, and they continue to decrease as we get older, our hormone levels are going down. So putting strength training into your movement practice is absolutely necessary. My first, my first advice around movement is to find something easy that you can do three days a week. You don't need to work out for an hour every day uh, starting tomorrow if you've been sedentary. It's really important to ease yourself into movement and do things that you actually enjoy. If you hate yoga, don't do yoga. I've actually been in a pause with yoga because it hasn't been feeling, I don't want to do it at this moment. Uh, I love spinning. I love doing cycling classes but I don't like mountain biking. You know, if somebody put me on a mountain bike, I was just be like, no, please never do that to me again. I can't, I don't run. Movement should be medicinal. <laughs> it should be fun, engaging, enjoyable. It should feel exciting and you should look forward to it. If you're dreading doing it, that's not the right movement for you. And I know it's all popular now to be doing like high intensity interval training, hit exercises and doing really hard stuff. Uh, you don't have to do that if it doesn't, if you don't want to, don't. It's good to sweat. It's good to do steady state cardio, you know, like walking, <laughs> walking, cycling, swimming, you know, things that get your heart rate up to a gentle higher rate, but not, you know, not where you're like maxing yourself out. That's a good place to be. That helps maintain your heart health, but you don't have to go crazy. Like you don't need to go to CrossFit unless you love it. If you love CrossFit or Orange Theory or whatever, you know, I used to do body pump and I took these insane spinning classes like three days a week that were such ass kickers and I loved it. <laughs> and now that's just too much. That's just too hard on my body. My body doesn't want to do that much. Now I lift three days a week. I dance once a week and I walk every day and that's it. And sometimes I do yoga when I feel like it. Um, and you have to meet yourself where you are. Let it be easy. Set achievable 
goals. Don't force yourself to go do a huge new, you know, if you want to do dance, start with dancing in your living room. You don't have to go sign up for a a year-long dance class at a professional academy where everybody's going to be really good at it. I still have the dream of wanting to learn how to twerk because I think twerking can be a spiritual release. (laughs) We hold a lot of stress in our hips, y'all. I think we can bounce it out. So I haven't found a good twerk class that I'm, that I, a lot of them are people in heels and their stripper poles and I'm not into that at all. So I don't know where there's like a, you know, a a twerking class for like wholesome spiritual people. (laughs) Maybe I should start that. But whatever it is, give your body the gift of movement, of dance, of play, of doing the basic things, y'all. It's not complicated I talk on here all the time about, you know, all these concepts that are coming through, like, you know, ways to think about anxiety and heal this and, you know, how to overcome addiction. And these are big, big things. And the way that you do that consistently and keep yourself in a healed and well vibration is to start implementing practices. It's not, okay, I'm going to heal myself by thinking about it like that's part of it but it's just such a small part the mindset stuff is so much easier when you are in a good physical condition when your body doesn't hurt when you are putting attention to moving so that you are taking care of yourself in a good way that's when you're going to be able to make big changes in your life when you feel good have you tried to make big changes in your life when you feel like shit and it doesn't work yeah it doesn't work because you can't get there from there you cannot get to healed thriving, successful, best you from shitty feeling you who doesn't want to get off the couch ever. You have to be willing to change something. And one of the best ways to get willing is to increase your, your hormones and your happy brain chemicals so that you have the energy to sleep well. You have the momentum to let the energy stop stagnating. You can't, you can't expect to stay the same and have things change. I talk to people all the time who are like, oh yeah, I want to come work with you, but, and I just shake my head because I'm like, but I don't actually want to change right now. That's really what you're saying. You're either in it or you're out of it. You're either doing it or you're not. There's no like, there's really not a middle ground. You are either prioritizing yourself and your health and your wellness and your healing or you're choosing not to. And that might feel harsh, but sometimes I need to give some tough love as a coach because like, let's be honest, you know, be honest with yourself. You have to be honest with yourself if you want this stuff to work. And if you're not willing to do that, why not? And is it an excuse? Is it a reason that, well, this, I can't because I don't have the money. I can't because I don't have the money. I can't because my job doesn't pay me enough. I can't because I don't have the resources. I can't because X, Y, Z reason why you need to stay the same. You can. You have to. And it starts with changing one thing, doing one thing that you're afraid of. Going and doing a dance class. Going to ecstatic dance. Going to a meetup. Going to walk. Going for a walk instead of sitting on the couch and looking at your phone. You do that once. And you're like, oh yeah, that was nice when I went for that walk. I'm gonna do that again. And then you do it again. And then you stop asking yourself, do I want to sit on this couch or do I want to take a walk? You just take a walk because that's what the brain likes. The brain's like, yeah, we walk. 
I'm going walking. I'm so irritated right now because it's raining and I want to go for a walk now after talking about this and I'm going to, I am going to go for a walk on the treadmill in my gym. There's always a way, you know, if you can't do it the way you want, find a, find a way around. Be like water. Water doesn't, water doesn't get stuck. It goes around. It goes through. It makes a way. And we're the same. I hope that you get moving this weekend and that you find something you enjoy that you can stick with and that it helps you feel better. And take a note, take a note of how you feel before you start doing it and how you start to feel over the next few weeks and months and see what changed. I promise you, you will feel better. That's a fact. If you want deep support, you want to learn how to do all of this stuff in your daily life and actually make it stick, come work with me. You can do a free connection session with me. If you go to my website, SinclairFleetwood.com, click on work with me. There's a start here button. You can learn about all the different offerings that I have. I have single sessions, different package lengths, so you can make the commitment that feels comfortable and supportive to you. And I would love to get to know you and help you on your journey. Thanks for being here, family. Have a good night.